0: Are you struggling on your radio calls to ATC? Are you looking for a better way to practice that's not up there in the air in that stressful situation? Well, I want to talk to you guys about something called AR Sim or Aviation Radio Simulator by Plain English. It lets you practice talking to ATC through all phases of VFR and IFR flight from taxi out to takeoff all at your own pace. There's no simulator setup needed. And it works on any device, mobile or the web. So whether you're a novice or seasoned pro, the guided communication curriculum in trainer mode will elevate your comps proficiency greatly. Download ARSM by Plain English today and check out our show notes where you can get 10% off using a coupon code. It is a great tool and I highly, highly recommend it. Hi, my name's Nick Smith. Audio Ground School Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Audio Ground School Podcast. My name is Nick Smith. I'm your host and founder of parttimepilot.com, where we do private pilot online ground schools and soon to be an IFR ground school. Working on it. Hopefully, there's some updates on that soon here in the next month or so. Anyways, it's November 20th when this episode drops. And so we're getting full swing into the holiday season. You know, no matter what you celebrate, I hope you are able to spend it with some family and some loved ones. And hope you guys are having a great holiday season. I know I'm excited for the holidays to come. We got a special episode today. It's a bonus episode. Now, our last episode was on the lesson in the online ground school on communications. So we're doing all sort of airport operations type stuff. And I had the thought, because it's one of the most, you know, usually we do some questions here to start the podcast, some questions from student pilots. Well, one of the questions that we always get is, how do you get better at talking to ATC, right? Because it's one of the things that students struggle with the most, and and I totally get it. You're out there, and everyone's listening to you, and it's a professional who's Done it before and safety and all that jazz and all the stress that comes with it. When you're just starting out, it can be really, really difficult, and it's one of the hardest things for for people to do. I wanted to spend some extra time, so instead of doing like a you know answering questions we get in our Facebook study group, which you can go check out. Just type in part-time pilot ground school study group in Facebook, but. Instead of covering a couple questions, we're going to do a whole kind of bonus episode on ATC communications. And the way I want to do this is we're going to have you follow along and I'm going to play a recording and then from ATC and we're going to see, you know, what you should say back. And then we'll play all from liveATC.net. They have all the archives of the stuff that you can listen to or you can listen to live. Tower, or even centers and and FSS and ATIS and stuff like that. You can listen to live, and, and it's a great tool for practice. That's liveatc.net. So that's where these all recordings are from. Then we'll play, you know, what the pilot in the recording says, and then we'll kind of talk about whether or not they missed anything and stuff like that. Should be a very helpful episode. And uh, before we do that, I do have some new reviews that came in on Trustpilot.com. So we're going to just read off a couple reviews and then we'll get into the bonus episodes. So trustpilot.com, you just search for part-time pilot. If you want to leave us a review for the podcast or the online ground school, it highly, highly helps us out. Would uh, be very, very thankful if you did that. Uh, If you're on um, Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review on there too for the podcast. So this first one is a five-star review from Vanessa Nava. When I found out about this school, I did some research on it. I had to get in. This school has helped me so much in understanding material. I can honestly say it's the best. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. That is a short and sweet and fantastic review. Appreciate you. Okay, this one is from Matt Have underscore. Five star, part-time pilot has very quick response time. The fact that when I reached out to part-time pilot, I get an answer within the hour, if not quicker... The material covered goes into much greater detail. Now that I am done with the ground school, it is a great resource to go review and keep practicing the knowledge while I have downtime. Well, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you recognizing that that's one of the things we really strive to do is to get back to you guys on your questions ASAP. You know, I don't do phone calls. So what we do, you know, if I had phone calls, I I would be on the phone all day long. But what I do is... Make sure that whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, or email, that we're able to not only get back to you, but provide not quit until you are satisfied with our answer and you have an understanding of what you're trying to figure out. So thank you, Matt. And one more here. Five stars from Ella Pierce. Five stars. Highly recommend. I've experienced other ground schools prior and part-time pilot by far exceeds expectations. Nick's teaching methods are thorough and he guides you on what to really focus on. He provides numerous resources to help you understand and genuinely cares about his student success. I brag about this ground school and recommend it to anyone where whenever I can. We'll be back with an update on my PPO written exam score. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you so much, Ella, for the telling other people about us and for the great review. Really, really appreciate that. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's get in to this week's bonus episode on ATC communications. Play along and try and get some practice, and we'll see we'll see how this goes. The first recording we're going to play doesn't require you to say anything. We're going to play a recording of, of ATIS, so that's the automated weather service, and you have to get ATIS weather information for an airport before you initially contact them. So that's both on the ground and when you're coming into the airport, entering their airspace to land. So you would want to say you have information blank, and it's going to be, they cycle through all the ABCD, all the alphanumeric codes throughout the day. And about every 30 minutes or so, they update. So it could be information alpha. You're going to tell them on initial contact. So when you want a taxi and you want to contact ground because you're going to taxi the runway to take off, you tell them that you have information, what information, ATIS information you have. And if let's say now been updated and it's now information Bravo because sometimes they might update it if the weather conditions have changed a lot like let's say now there's a strong wind shear or something they would want to update that so they'd switch to information Bravo and if you call up and say you have information alpha ground's going to say they want you to have the most up-to-date information right so let's say information Bravo now in effect call back when when you have that so then you go get information Bravo Anyway, so let's play an example And what you want to do as a pilot when you do this. So you're going to tune to your ADIS frequency and take notes on all this stuff. So you have all the information on the most up-to-date info. And then when you call ground, you'll say, okay, I got the info. Information alpha, bravo, Zulu, whatever. And then you state your request of what you want to do. ADIS is kind of the first step that I want to talk about. So let's play an ADIS recording and then... What you're going to have to do, is because they kind of go fast, you'll get better and better at it, but they play it on repeat. So you just continue to listen and take notes, just kind of take notes of what you can get and then fill in the notes as you listen to it again and again. It might take, you know, when you're first starting off two to three times to get the information that you need. Not all information you need will be applicable to you. There might be some IFR stuff in there, uh, but we'll talk about that. So let's listen to that recording first right now.
1: Like I'm going to Zulu 1853 Zulu. Wind 240 at Niner, visibility 10, sky clear below in 2000. Temperature 23, 2.16, altimeter 2 Niner, niner 2. ILS runway 28 right approach in use, landing and departing runway 28 right and 28L. Use caution for numerous cranes in the vicinity of the airport. Tower frequency for runway 28 right is 125.7. Advise national contact. Give information, Zulu. Like I'm going to Zulu 1853 Zulu. Wind two four zero at Niner, visibility one zero, sky clear below one two thousand. Temperature two three, two point one six, altimeter two niner, nine two. ILS runway 28 eight right approach in use. Landing and departing runway 28 eight right and two eight left. Use caution for numerous cranes in the vicinity of the airport. Tower frequency for runway two eight right, is one two five point seven. Advise on contact, give information, Zulu. Like I'm gives information Zulu 1853 Zulu. Wind two four zero at Niner, visibility one zero, sky clear below one two thousand. Temperature 232.16, altimeter 2, niner, niner 2. ILS runway 28 right approach in use. Landing and departing runways 28 right and 28 left. Use caution for numerous cranes in the vicinity of the airport. Tower frequency for runway 28 right is 125.7. Advise on contact. Give information Zulu.
0: Alright, so I played it for you a few times. It's information Zulu. So the next one will be information Alpha uh, whenever they update that. The wind is 240 at 9 or 9 knots. So it's coming from 240 at nine knots. The visibility is 10 statute miles. They said visibility 10, and they said sky clear below 12,000. It was kind of quick and kind of tough. So that's one of the things that even I had to listen to a few times, a couple times, because I I almost missed that that one, the 1, 12,000. If you don't know if they said 2,000 or 12,000, that's obviously you could look out and say, okay, well the sky's obviously clear below 12,000 feet, not 2,000 feet. So you can kind of clear, but then another thing, or, as we mentioned in the last episode, when we say numbers above 10,000, that's how they say it, right? So knowing that would allow you to pick up that they said one, 2,000. So right, one, 2,000 equals 12,000 feet. They said the temperature is 23 degrees. Uh, that is in Celsius, obviously. And then they said the dew point is one, six or 16 degrees Celsius. So a seven degree dew point spread right there. The altimeter was actually standard 29.92, that's inches of mercury, the altimeter setting, so that tells you so for all this information it is important to have jotted down, you know, on your kneeboard, and then you'll definitely need to, you know, right after you finish listening to ATIS, you'll want to set your altimeter to the most up-to-date, which would be 29.92. So you your indicated altitude would actually equal your pressure altitude in this case because conditions are standard in terms of pressure. And then it goes on to say that ILS runway 28 right approach is in use. And that's just for IFR pilots saying, hey, the the approach, the ILS approach on runway 28 right is in use. So VFR pilots don't have to worry about that. Then it goes on to say landing and departing runway 28 right and 28 left. So that's just telling you, you know, which runways they're landing and departing from, right? If wind were the opposite, then it it would be, what's that? One, zero, zero. Right, so one zero, so runway one zero right, one zero left would be in use if the wind were were flipped around, because we're taking off and landing in the wind. So they're just telling you which which runways are in use. Then it says beware of cranes in in vicinity, so that'd be a good thing to mark down as well. So write down you know that you're using two A right and two A left, and that to look out for cranes. That's just a good note. Maybe just write cranes real real quickly. And then it says. 2.8 right frequency is 125.7, so that's a good thing to jot down as well. Probably something you would already have that you would get from the chart supplement, and if you are familiar with the airport, you would know that the parallel runway runs on a different frequency. Some airports, they only run off a different frequency sometimes. It depends on how busy the airport is, right? So if you hear that in the 80s, then you'll know that, hey, they're probably operating on that second frequency. So write that down as well, just that if you go on runway two eight right that you'll need a, a different frequency. That's ATIS right there. So that's the first thing you'll do. You jot that stuff down and you'll say, I have information Zulu. And now you're you you know, you're at your flight school or you're at your pre-flight check and you're ready to turn on the engine and ready to taxi to the runway for takeout. So now you got to contact ground control. So let's listen in on how you would do that.
1: Atlantic City ground 3530 Juliet uh, ready taxi signature. Uh, with
0: okay, so how do you think this guy? Pretty crazy if this guy was listening and we're just about to roast his radio calls. <laughs> so how do you think he did? You know, with what you know. So I, I want to think about. Th- I want you to think about that. We'll play it one more time, and then we're going to kind of break it down.
1: Atlantic City Ground Three Five Three Zero Juliet uh, Ready Taxi Signature uh, With Lima
0: Okay, so remember, you want to say. You want to start off on who you're talking to. So he did that. He said Atlantic City Ground. So good job there. He said who you are. He said 3530 Juliet. The only thing I would I would personally add is type of aircraft you are, the Cherokee 3530 Juliet or something. Where you are. Next thing you say is where you are. Now I'm not sure. I want to say he signature. That's what signature is. Maybe it's an FBO or a flight school. So he's saying I'm at signature. And then you want to say where you want to go. Uh, He did not say that, so I have no idea where he wants to go. He just said he's ready The taxi. That could be anywhere. Maybe this airport, maybe Atlantic City, is just one runway, super simple. But even then, this type of ambiguity you don't want to have, uh, and that's why you need to be specific and not leave any room for air. Plus, you might get a grouchy controller, and they may say, you know, where the heck do you want to go? Uh, So uh, be sure to say where you want to go, right? Maybe he would say, Know, Atlantic City Ground 3530 Juliet at signature taxi to right or something, right? He wants to taxi to the runway for takeoff. And then you want to say the information that you have. And he said uh, with Lima. So that is he has the ATIS information Lima, as we mentioned before, with the information. So pretty good job, but just missing uh, a couple things. OK, so the next thing after that, after you, you say your request, they're going to read back whether they can accept your request or not. And if they do, they're going to give you those taxi instructions. Okay? So let's hear what ATC said back to this guy, and then we'll continue on. For 3530, Julian Lang, City Ground, runway 31, Taxi, Lean Bravo. For 3530, Julian Lang, City Ground, runway 31, taxiing Lean Bravo. Okay, so a couple of times that when you hear this, you would want to be jotting down your taxi instructions this controller said taxi runway 31. they understood they assumed that this person wants to go to three one even though they didn't say where they want to go and said taxi lima bravo and it's kind of hard to pick up the the lima part but if you're familiar with the airport and your location it would probably make sense right i actually pulled up atlantic city taxi diagram and there is a taxiway lima It's from the main FBO terminal. So my guess is the the FBO is Signature, called Signature. So that's where he said he was at. And then that would, taxiing on Lima and then onto Bravo would get you to 3-1. So that makes sense. So runway 3-1, taxi Lima, Bravo. So you would jot that down and then you would repeat that to the ground to make sure that you both know that you have the correct instructions. So let's listen in on that.
1: Lima Bravo to 3 1, uh, 3530, Julie. Oh no, I didn't hear you. You have Lima? Uh, that's affirmative.
0: So this is a pretty simple one. He says, Lima Bravo to 3 1. He repeats the instructions. And then the controller asks, I'm sorry, did you say that you have Lima? So this is going back to the previous one, making sure, basically, the controller is just making sure that the pilot has the most up to date ATIS info before they. Hand off to the tower to take off so they want to make sure that and he says you know yeah I have information Lima so that's it so next up you would taxi to the run-up station or yeah so taxi to the run-up area so you're at the runway and then you're going to do your pre-flight checks your run-up checklist and then once you're ready for that the next person you're going to talk to you're going to change frequency to the tower frequency uh, for that runway and then you're going to request you're going to say, Hey, I'm ready for takeoff. Uh, you don't have to say anything other really than that. I usually tend to say like what I'm going to do, uh, just to give them a heads up. Now, uh, again, you don't have to do that. And the the more standard procedure is, is to not do that. But I usually like to just say like, you know, ready for takeoff for touch and go. So, and that kind of tells them I'm going to be in the pattern or ready for takeoff for westbound departure. That kind of gives them an idea that way that, They know when they can contact me again. Uh, Anyways, yeah, let's listen to an example of that. Tower Moxie 6444
1: ready uh,
0: runway 2. Okay, so this pilot here said Tower Moxie 6444 ready runway 2. So they're saying, who they're talking to, they said just Tower. I would be more specific and you're supposed to be more specific. So like Gillespie Tower... You know, San Diego Tower, Montgomery Tower, Seattle Tower, whatever, right? And then your aircraft, right? So Moxie 6444. Kind of did some shorthand there doing 6444 instead of 6444. And then um, Ready Runway 2. So that was good. Uh, I would say Ready for Takeoff Runway 2. But you want to make sure you say which runway. Because if there's parallel runways and you in your head you want to take off you know, on runway two left and ATC thinks you're taking on runway two, right? This is a good time to clarify that, right? So you would say, you want to make sure you say the right runway, ready for takeoff runway two left. Uh, And then if there was any discrepancy, you could catch it with, ATC could catch it before they clear you to take off. So that could avoid problems. You want to be specific on the runway you're taking off. So the specific tower, Atlantic City Tower, Moxie 6444, ready, runway two. So that was good. That's what they said. And now you could get back a variety of things. You could say, uh, you, you know, the tower could be like Moxie 6444, you know, clear for takeoff runway two. And then you would repeat back uh, clear for takeoff runway two. You Again, you want to continue to state the runway. And then as you're rolling onto the runway, you will look at the runway sign, the runway position sign, and verify once again that you're on the right runway. You really want to avoid that you're taking uh avoid taking off on the wrong one runway and being on the same page on that with ATC, especially when there's parallel runways, right? But they may not clear you immediately. They may have you, they may say you're number three, you know, um, they may tell you to wait, wait, you know, wait in the run-up area, you're number three, or they may say, uh, you know, line up and wait or something, or uh, like I said, clear for takeoff. So let's see what happened here in this example.
1: 6444 short, landing traffic on the two-mile
0: final. So there's a part in here that I didn't quite get. The tower says Moxie 6444, 6444. I don't know if they say runway 2 or what in there. Is kind of garbled. But 6444, it kind of sounds like trying to, trying to. Like they're saying like 6444, trying to hold short. Uh, I don't know what it is. Anyways, you get the key. I was able to get the key points, right? Uh, We just requested ready for takeoff runway two uh, and they came back with Moxie 6444 hold short traffic two mile final. So they're saying we want you to hold short of runway two. So at the the double yellow and the solid bars and then double yellow uh, dash bars. And then they're giving you the reason because you have traffic on a two mile final. So you have incoming traffic to land. They're two miles out. They're landing on a straight in two mile final. So, or I don't know if it's straight in, but it's a two mile final coming into land. Uh, they want you to wait. So you're going to, you would leave the, the, take. well, first of all, you have to read, read that back to make sure that you, you copy what, what you have. And then you would go up to the runway, but hold short of the lines and then await for more clearance to take off. So let's listen to what this pilot does. Hold
1: short runway two, mossy 6440.
0: This is perfect. They're saying what they need to do. They're reading back their instructions. Hold short which runway, runway 2, and then who they are. So now the controller knows they know what to do. They are on the right runway that I expect them to be on, and they are who I think they are. So hold short runway 2, e 6444. So good job there. Now you would just wait until Tower gets back to you. There may be situations where, let's say the landing traffic comes in and there's no other traffic that they do forget about you. And in that case, you know, be patient. But if it's pretty obvious, obvious that they've forgotten about you, and there's not a lot of ATCs not busy talking to other people, you can go ahead and just call up and say, Moxie 6444, whatever tower, Lanning City tower, Moxie 6444, at runway two, checking on clearance for takeoff or something like that, right? Uh, if there's not a lot of traffic. If not, just be patient, right? Let's listen to see what this person gets from tower. Moxie
1: 6444, runway 2, line up and wait. Runway 2, line up and wait. Moxie 6444.
0: So I played both the tower's instructions and and then Moxie's reply, which perfect. So the tower said, you know, Moxie 6444, runway 2 line up and wait. So what that means is you can taxi on to the runway and line up with the center line and just be ready for their call to say cleared for takeoff. And so Moxie 6444 comes back and says, you know, uh, Moxie 6444, runway two line up, lining up and waiting. Or they're saying runway two, line up and waiting, Moxie 6444. Usually end the call with your call sign to say who you are. All right, so let's see what happens next. Moxie
1: 6444 runway two, fly runway heading, clear for takeoff.
0: Okay, so the tower gets back to our Moxie 6444 and says, Moxie 6444 runway two, fly runway heading, clear for takeoff. So what they're telling our pilot here is you're clear for takeoff, uh, so go ahead and take off. You'd want to do your final final pre-takeoff checks and and go. But the reason why they wanted you to line up and wait uh, was so that you can take off quickly. So, you know, don't delay too long now that you're on the runway. They may have landing traffic, uh, but do so safely. You know, don't skip any checklist items. And then they say, you know, they say, runway two, fly runway heading, clear for takeoff. So what they want you to do is they want you to fly the runway heading. So continue on the extended center line until they advise you otherwise, right? So you would the pilot would then want to, just like always, repeat back those instructions so to make sure that everyone's on the same page. So let's see what that pilot does. Runway
1: heading, runway 2 clear for takeoff, MOXIE 6444.
0: So our pilot does a good job of reading back the clearance. They say, runway 2 clear for takeoff, fly runway heading, MOXIE 6444. And then they would do their final checks, and, you know, lights, camera, action, and take off, and then they would await, they would continue to fly, the, the last thing that ATC told them, they are in, they're still in the jurisdiction, they're under control of the tower ATC, so they would continue to fly their last instruction, again, if you don't hear from them for a while, and you think they might have forgotten them, and there's not, you know, ATC, you're listening to ATC still, you're listening to tower frequency still, and they're not busy talking, you can pipe up and say, hey, Can I transition or whatever you want to do, right? You can ask them at that point, but usually just be patient, right? And they'll get back to you. So that's what happens here. So let's listen to kind of how that goes down and how you would kind of depart the airspace and depart that tower's airspace. Moxie uh, 6444, contact departure. All right, so the tower is basically saying Moxie 6444, contact departure. They're passing you off to the next, you know, line of ATC, the departure. So that's exactly what you wanted, and you just simply read back and say, have a good day. Well, contact departure. have a great day for my uh, 6444. So you would want to change your frequency to the departure frequency, and then you would just call up and say, like, for example, uh, Manchester departure, Cherokee 8420 kilo, right? Then they would probably tell you to... Squawk a certain squawk code and maybe tell you to ident. And again, ident allows them on uh, your aircraft, on their radar screen gets really big uh, or flashes or it, it changes a color or something like that. And they're able to identify you quicker. You don't want to do it unless they tell you to because it can distract them uh, from other important tasks. So only do it when they tell you to. And that's a little ident button on your transponder. But they're going to tell you to squawk something. And this is so they get radar contact. They find you on their radar. And then, you know, they can manage your your flight from then on. So let's listen to how that might work. Cap 3216, block 6563. 6563. So here we have what sounds like Cap 3216 aircraft. So they would call up departure, right? And they said, like, Manchester departure, Cap 3216. And then they would wait to, for departure, call them back and they would say cap 3216 squawk 6563 and then the pilot responded 6563. You could say squawk 6563 or whatever, but you're going to say, make sure you say the number. So you, you and the ATC make sure you have the number correct. And if there's any mix up, they would correct it then. And then on your transponder, you would enter 6563 and squawk. And then they did not say ident, so you would not ident there. Okay, so the next thing we want to do is let's talk about if you want to so this is kind of if you already have maybe sort of a, a flight plan, you know, and the tower is handing you off to departure. But what if you are flying out there you left the tower airspace and you're just you're flying out there by yourself pretty much and you want to get flight following. So how would you call up and get flight following? So let's do an example of a pilot calling up and requesting making a request for flight following so they can get radar contact and they can get that radar help from atc to direct them to where they want to go so let's listen to an example there
1: juliet vfr
0: request
1: one one six juliet say Juliet, uh, student pilot is a type warrior pa28 uh we're at four thousand Six hundred descending 4, five miles north of PTA. Uh, direct to Danville. Request VFR flight following.
0: Okay, so this was a great transmission in my mind for a especially a student pilot. They, they sounded confident. They mentioned that they were a student pilot. I, Whenever you have an opportunity, I would mention that, even when you are confident, it just gives that person, you know, they know that hey, you know, I want to maybe keep an extra eye on this person or go talk a little slower and it's only can help you out, right? And there's no like, the, your instructor, your examiner are not gonna dock you if you say this, okay? So use it to your advantage. So they say they say who they are, right? They're 8116 Juliet, they're a student pilot and type warrior PA-28, so they say they're aircraft. Then they say where they are, they're at 4,600 feet descending to 4,500 feet and they're five miles north of, I think they said TTA, uh, that might be, that's probably an airport code. And then they said where they want, what they want, right? They want to go direct to Denzo And then they want to request flight follow, VFR flight following to, to Denzo So they want to go direct to Denzo with VFR flight following. They said everything they needed to there is a great transmission. And now next up, we'll hear back from what ATC will say. And then you would want to reply that you read back that transmission, whatever they want you to do. So let's hear what happens.
1: Never watched it good. squawk five three one five and
0: my I did. I So here the controller said, "They said one one six Juliet." It was kind of mumbled. One one six Juliet squawk five three one five and ident. And then I think the student pilot's instructor, because it sounds like a different voice, got on the radio and and said ident. Right? They, the instructor may have been having the you know, student pilot do something else. And so just took over the controls. It, once you fly with your instructor, sometimes they'll help you out like that. And that's totally fine. But you as a student pilot want to eventually get to the point where you would be doing that because once you're on your own, you're going to have to do that as well. So you can just say like uh, what they should have said and maybe it was cut off. They should have said 5315. They should have repeated the numbers. So a little bit of a failure there, but maybe they didn't realize there was a failure because it cut off and ATC may or may not ask you to repeat, like they want to verify, they may ask you to verify that you have the squawk number, 5315, and then you would have to to chime in again, or they may just wait to see you ident, and then they may just verify, okay, yeah, they did get it, they did get it right, but sounded like the submission cut out, and they they didn't hear on the recording the 5315, but you would say 5315 ident, so you would dial in 531 and 500 transponder and then hit the IDENT button there. And then they would have you, they would have radar contact and be able to provide you flight following. And so that, by them saying, you know, that's all they said, right? They didn't say an altitude or anything like that. They might call you later and have you go to a certain altitude. But so far, they've okayed, you know, you flying at 4,500, going to direct to Denzo. So, but they may ask you to change. Accordingly, if there's traffic or other obstacles along your route, once you get to your destination with flight following, you know, you may request to end radar services because you're good. You're you're going to be a you're going to navigate to your airport or whatever. Or they they may terminate yourself. They would say, OK, that person's there. We're going to hand them off to the, now they're on their own or they're going to the tower. If it's towered airport or whatever, we're no longer going to provide that for them because they've made it to their destination. So what would that sound like? Sounds something like radar services terminated. So let's listen to an example of how that would sound from ATC by following and what you would say back. VFR So here ATC is saying radar services terminated, squawk VFR frequency change approved. Now I didn't quite get the tail number. I think it was like 36406, it sounded like. Um, there's no letter in there that I caught. Um, am not sure what it was. But anyways, so basically they're saying your radar services are terminated. Now squawk VFR. So whatever squawk code it was before, like before we said squawk 5315, you would now change your transponder to the VFR default code, which is 1200. So that's what that means, squawk VFR. So you would do that. You would read back, you know, radar service terminate, Squawk VFR frequency change approved, and then your call sign. So that's exactly what that pilot did. And you're approved to change frequency. You're now, you know, no more. You're just on the VFR transponder, one two zero zero squat code, and then you would be able to change frequency, which would probably be like a tower to come in for a land and request entry into that into that airspace to go on land, or maybe it's a CTAF unicom or just to talk to the local airspace and anyone else in that airspace to, uh, you know, do provide, come in and land, you know, your approach and landing. So let's next do an example here of what, what it would be like to contact a tower. You know, let's say it's a Class D airspace or something like that. Before you enter that Class D airspace, about 10 or so nautical miles before you reach that airspace, you want to call up that tower and state your intentions of what you want to do. So, think about what that might be like, what you would want to say. Let's say there's a Class D air, airport and you're 10 miles out and you want to call them up and you want to land full stop. What exactly would you say to them? And then, so think about that right now and then we'll do an exam. Class
1: D tower, fling, 1232 two. Alpha is over El Cap Reservoir inbound with information uniform. Request the touch goes on 2,
0: all right, so when you're coming in to an airport with a control tower and an airspace, a class D or, or whatever, you would call up sort of like this guy and you would say who you are, uh, where you are, you know, what you want to do, and what information you have. So that's exactly what this guy did. He said, Sling 1232 Alpha is inbound over L Cap Reservoir. So that's where he is and that's who he is, where he is. And then says with uniform, so his information uniform. So this is what you would, before calling up, you would dial into the ATIS at the airport that you're traveling to and get their most current information. So he has an information uniform. And he's requesting touch and goes on 27 left. So he's saying what he wants to do. And now let's see what the tower might say back. Now, if you're listening along, try and think about what the tower might say back right it probably depends on the traffic right it'll probably tell him a number or tell him to call back once he's at a certain location or a certain distance away or expect how to enter the traffic pattern expect what number of traffic is number two three number one whatever so try and think of those things along those things and let's hear an example in the example what the tower says back
1: 32 Alpha the Tower. Verify information uniform uh, and uh, contact tower one two three point eight. Uh, 1, 2, 3. 8
0: 3, 4, so actually on this one is a bit of a curveball. The tower actually said contact a different frequency because, as I mentioned before, he wanted to land on two seven left. But that is an indication that there are parallel runways, two seven left, two seven right. When those get busy, they sometimes have a different frequency for each runway. So this airport is actually Gillespie Field where I trained and 27 left sometimes has a different frequency. So that's what this person, you know, this ATC says, contact 27 left if you want to land there. So I threw this one in there. You know, this is one of the things you might get. And I think it was, what they say? 123.8. I can't remember the frequency. Anyways. So then you would say, read back. Okay. Contact 123.8. You'd switch to 123.8 and you would do it again. You would say, Sling one, two three two Alpha inbound over El Cap Reservoir with uniform request touch and goes, runway two seven left. you would just say the same thing, but now you're on the correct frequency. so I don't have the recording of what happens after that, but let's go to another example of where you wouldn't be told to go to another frequency, a different example of where you would be told how you can come in and land. starts
1: here uh, we We're ten miles to the northeast over Lcap with information, hotel freight, how do you go? System 576, Air Papa Gliss, B Tower, straight in runway 27, right, reported three-mile final. Traffic two o'clock, two miles south-eastbound, 4,500 Skyhawk.
0: Okay, so this is the same exact request. They're 10 miles out at El Cap Reservoir. As you can notice, El Cap is the kind of like known for that run uh, airport to when you're coming in sort of from the east. That's the place where you usually call up the tower, right? So... A lot of pilots do that. So uh they called up, they want touch and goes just like the last person, but they're okay, they're they okay with two seven right uh runway, so they can stay on this frequency. So ATC comes back, says Cessna 576 Sierra Papa, straight in. So they'll come straight in for the landing on two seven right. Let's say straight in, runway two seven right. It says, report three-mile final. So they're coming straight in. When they're three miles out from the runway on final, okay, so they're straight in approach. When they're three miles out, they need to report. So they need to call back up ATC and just say, hey, says not that 576 Sierra Papa, reporting three-mile final, uh, or something like that. And then they also gave them some traffic information. They said traffic at 2 o'clock southeast bound. So at that person's 2 o'clock, that person is traveling westbound, right? The person talking on the phone. So they would look to at their 2 o'clock, which would be just front right of the cockpit. And that traffic is traveling southeastbound at 4,500, and it's a Skyhawk. So all you would have to say is you don't have to, if you can't see the traffic yet, you would just say, you know, looking for traffic. And you would want to say, Fort 3-mile final, straight in 2-7 right. Looking for traffic, Cessna 576 Sierra Papa. Think about how you would say that and what you, yeah, so I guess I just told you I kind of spoiled it a little bit, but let's see what this person does and kind of critique them a little bit.
1: ride reported three mile final and we're looking for that traffic button, above.
0: great, so that was a perfect transmission they both a t c and the pilot knows what's happening. they're going to report three mile final, and they're looking for traffic. so the next thing you might do is when you find traffic, you'll report it, say you know traffic in sight if you don't find it. You know that's you're flying kind of blind. There's traffic near you. Maybe it's at the same altitude. Maybe you're at four thousand five hundred, and you might want to call up if you can't find them in about a minute or so, and say, "Hey, still can't find traffic," and they might give you more details on where the traffic is now, where to look. So, or or there may be like traffic not a problem anymore. So, let's see what this pilot does.
1: Traffic inside six zero five. Six zero, Papa Roger.
0: So they saw the traffic, they reported they saw the traffic, and the tower says affirmative, copy, whatever. And so now they're both on the same page, they see the traffic, and the next thing to do would be to just report when they're three miles out on that straight-in approach on final. Now sometimes, depending on how busy ATC is, they'll say to, to report a three-mile final, but they may actually talk to you before that. They may be watching you, and right just before three-mile final, they may you know, just tell you you're you're clear to land, you're clear to do your touch and goes or something like that. If that happens, then just repeat back their clearance. And you no longer have to report that, obviously, because they've given you a new clearance. They've cleared you to land. If they haven't given you a new clearance, then you still want to report that. The last thing I want to say is when you report that, you're just going to, again, like I, I mentioned this before, basically just you would say, Cessna 576 Sierra Papa reporting three mile final. Or report through my final five seven six Sierra Papa, something like that, and they that that just you know gives ATC a reminder of where you're at, and then you're coming in land, and they might say you're either clear to land or you're number two, look for traffic or something else, right? So let's see what happens in this. Five
1: seven six Sierra Papa runway two seven right cleared touch and go. I will call your crosswind wind three zero zero four. Touch and go, turn right, and you'll call our crosswind five seven six Sierra Papa.
0: So that's exactly what happened. They didn't even get a chance to report a three mile final. Tower just called up and said, Hey, look, you're number one. Ba- essentially, because they're number one, they said, Runway 27 right, clear touch and go. I will call your crosswind, wind 300 at four. So they're telling them they're clear to land 27 right for a touch and go. And then they're saying, I will call your crosswind, which means once they do the touch and go and they're, they've taken off again, now, before they turn on their crosswind to get back in the pattern for their touch-and-goes to do another landing, they have to wait. They can't turn until ATC calls their crosswind. And then they gave them wind information. They won't always give you wind information, but and you, if they don't, you can request, you can ask for the wind, or you can use a windsock or something like that to know the wind because it's important, again, when you're landing, to know what to expect for your wind corrections. So they gave them the wind, so the, the pilot read back, runway 27 right that's critical to say that again the exact runway clear touch and go you'll call my crosswind 60 papa that was fantastic transmission now let's say this is this was a touch and go but let's say it was runway 27 right clear to land if you were asking for a you know a full stop landing you would say landing runway 27 right full stop and let's say they cleared you for a full stop landing then what you do is you're just going to wait until, so you land, and then they may give you taxi instructions once you've landed to turn off on, you know, Taxiway Bravo or something like that. If not, you know, you just turn off whatever taxiway is is safe for you. You turn off and then you can wait, you know, be patient, do your after landing checklist, see if they tell you to contact ground. If they don't, you can contact them and say, you know, at Alpha Bravo, uh, requesting to transition to ground or something like that. But you have to stay on their, on their radio until they clear you to co- to change frequencies and contact ground. So let's do an example of after the landing what that sounds like.
1: Three alpha, turn left, uniform, and ground point nine.
0: So in this example, the tower is saying, I think it was November three zero Alpha, turn left, taxiway uniform. So this is you just touched down, they can see that you've slowed down. They say, okay, taxiway, turn left on taxiway uniform and then contact ground. So they've cleared you to contact ground once you've turned off the runway. So you would want to turn off onto taxiway uniform, get your aircraft all the way over the lines on the ground, the clearance lines. So taxiway off those, make sure your complete aircraft is off the runway and those lines, cleared off those grounds, stop. Do your after landing checklist. And then you can switch frequencies and contact ground. Okay. So you would read back, turn left, taxiway uniform, then contact ground, November 30 Alpha, something like that. And then that's good. So you would finish your landing, turn left on uniform, do your after landing checklist, and then contact ground. And then once you're at ground, right, you just, again, we did this example before. You just wanna tell you, you know, who you're talking to. So you would say, let's say Gillespie ground. Who you are, you'd say, again, who you are, uh, November 30 Alpha. Where you are, you'd be on taxiway uniform. Where you want to go, so let's say you want to taxi back to your flight school, which is called part-time pilot flight school. Taxi to part-time pilot. And you don't have to say your info because you're you're going back. You're done. You don't need uh, ATIS info at this point. All right, that's it. There's more to... Than that, I just covered the basics, and you can listen, again, liveatc.net, you can listen to centers, FSS stations, uh, approach, departure, ground, ATIS, tower, CTAF. So that's another good one that you want to have to report your position, you know, each step of the way on a CTAF Unicom where there is no tower at an airport so that you make sure you're coordinating with other aircraft. Go and check that out. You can click on liveatc.net, go to the ATC audio archives. You can pick a date, you can pick a time, and then you can pick any of those frequencies and just listen to them. Or you can listen to them live, uh, which is kind of cool. You can dial in your your local airport and listen to that live and just kind of think like when a a pilot says something, say it in your head, try and guess what ATC is going to say back. Uh, when ATC says something, try and respond as if you were that pilot. And it's a really good way to practice. And the more you do it, the better you'll get it and the more confident you'll get at it. So I hope this bonus lesson has been beneficial to you guys. It takes practice and it takes confidence. I'm sure there are some people out there that are confident without any practice, but that might be one of those hazardous macho attitudes they talk about. So Make sure you get in the practice and you're confident and that's all about chair flying, liveatc.net, practicing with your instructor and listening to podcasts like this. Hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys have a great holiday coming up. You know, no matter what you celebrate, Thanksgiving, whatever, spend it with time, spend time with family, maybe get, get some relaxing in. I know you guys are working hard out there. Thank you for listening as always, and I will talk to you next week. Hey guys, it's Nick. I wanna take a second to speak directly to the student pilots out there. You might be a student pilot that is, you know, wondering what to do next, how to get started, or maybe you're looking for the right ground training or flight training, or maybe you've already started ground training or flight training and you're stuck, you're in a rut, and you're looking for a change, something to help get you out of that hurdle. From my own experience in flight training, after three years, five instructors and $22,000 and wanting to quit multiple, multiple times, And then now, after seeing hundreds and hundreds of student pilots through part-time pilot, I've realized that the number one thing that makes student pilots fail is that they do not have a good fundamental understanding of the ground training when they get to the more advanced flight lessons. Now, who here has seen Top Gun Maverick? Do you remember in the movie when he says, don't think, just do? Now, when I heard this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is Brilliant, because this is exactly what you have to be as a pilot. Now, of course, it's not that we're not thinking, but it's that we understand things like weather, aerodynamics, what our instruments are telling us, what ATC is telling us. We have such a good core fundamental understanding of these things that we don't have to think about them. And when we don't have to think about them, we can instinctively feel and fly the aircraft, look out for dangers and avoid emergency situations. fly a plane for the first time, everything's great and damn. Once you get into, you know, bad weather flying or flying at heavy heavily trafficked airports or speaking with ATC for bravo clearance or cross-country flight planning and flying solo on a cross-country flight, things get a little more advanced. And when this happens and you don't have a good understanding of the ground school concepts, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to start to get behind the aircraft. And when this happens, not even miss a beat and be able to pay for flight training without working. So most of us have a full-time job or maybe a part-time job. We have kids, we have family, we have school, we have all these other responsibilities on top of flight training. And most of these flight trainings and ground trainings are not tailored towards you. And so how is it the part-time pilot tailors to the modern day student pilot? Well, the first way we do that is by keeping ground, Or you can take our quizzes and practice tests to reinforce what you just learned. And then finally, you can join us live weekly for our live Q&A and our live lessons so you can see in real time these things taught out and these examples done in real time. And then finally, you can utilize our group community, form study groups, get questions answered 24-7, Either their FAA written or their FAA checkride, so that is just proof in the pudding right there that our concepts, the way we explain things in plain written English, and the way we give you multiple ways to consume this content is working. So if this sounds like something you might be interested in and you want to come join us, we'd love to have you. Just go to www.parttimepilot.com, click on online ground school, and we will see you inside the online ground school. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next week.